When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This week on Two-Faced Wrestling Talk. How is the Prime Minister in England affecting Zack Sabre Jr.'s performance in the G1? That's one of the many things we'll be discussing as we review the G1 and talk about the runaways in both the A and B blocks and will there be any drama at the end of the tournament. AEW is going on the air October 2nd on TNT and now we know what some of the matches will be and we'll tell you what we think about that first show. Also, Cody Rhodes tells his philosophy on how they're going to do the show for the fans they already have. In NWA, is Eli Drake the Rock? Well, Kelsey thought so months ago, and Drake may have just confirmed it. In Impact, Tennille Dashwood signs on, and Sammy and Tessa sign on for a second battle of their own. And in WWE, Seth Rollins gets beat up by Brock Lesnar, but where were Roman and Becky? And in PWG Rewind, on their 16th anniversary, we look back at the 2016 Battle of Los Angeles. And we get you set for a special countdown of our top 50 favorite male wrestlers. All that and more next on Two-Faced Wrestling Talk. WrestlingInc.com brings you Two-Faced Wrestling Talk, the podcast that goes beyond WWE and goes in-depth on NJPW, AEW, ROH, PWG, and more. Also featuring fun pop culture and wrestling crossovers, listener Q&As, and extended discussions about wrestling topics past, present, and future. Now, here's your host, Kelsey. Hi, and welcome to Two-Face Wrestling Talk. I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Paul. This is true. I it am is. Here. <laughs> I don't have anything snarky to say. I don't, I don't have anything, so... Nothing? Nope. That's disappointing. <laughs> Whatever. I guess we'll just get right into plugs before we move into wrestling talk. So you guys can find me on social media at SuperKickingIt, S-U-P-E-R-K-I-C-K-I-N-G-I-T. And you can participate in polls that I put out every now and then, like one I just put out this week about who you guys thought was the MVP of this year's G1 so far. So some of the choices included Ishii, Osprey, and there was a choice that said other, and and we're going to read some comments later that you guys left for us. And you could easily choose any of those guys because they've all been great. Yeah, and there was some really good answers that weren't included in our poll because they only let you put four choices, which Mm -hmm. really is annoying sometimes (laughs) when you just want to put more choices. But where can they find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at PeopleRon88. A lot of football talk will be on my Twitter feed here in the next few months now that uh, the season is kicking off. Uh, it already covered, started with LSU. Yeah, covered with LSU's first uh, arrival today, watching the Hall of Fame game as we do the podcast. So, <laughs> so football's here. <laughs> I guess, whatever. <laughs> it's here. I'd rather it be hockey season. Yeah, well, that's not far off. I know, I can't wait. <laughs> and we've got tickets to see the Bruins. We do. Yeah, so I can't exciting. wait. It's going to be flipping awesome. <laughs> Before we move into wrestling talk, I do want to give a special thank you to our sponsor, who means 
the world to us. Wrestling travel. You guys, please support our sponsor if you want to support us. Because the only way they can continue to support us is if you guys support them. That it's a whole true. big circle of life. Yeah. <laughs> you can find them at wrestlingtravel.org. They're also on social media at Wrestling Travel. And if you have questions about their awesome wrestling travel packages, just shoot them a DM or you can click on the Contact Us tab on their website and they'll be happy to answer all of your questions. And maybe they'll hook you up and get you set up with a travel package to an event like All Out or WrestleMania. Royal Rumble. They've got all kinds of events happening all over the world. There's even an event in Liverpool that they've got packages to. Wish we were going. Me too. I love <laughs> Liverpool. Especially if Liverpool was playing. Yeah, that would be really cool. That'd be extra, worth it. extra cool. Well, we'll have to get Dave on including that in the package, a Liverpool match. <laughs> I think that's that would be a pretty sweet deal. Hey, what a surprise. It's thundering outside. All it does is rain here in Louisiana. <laughs> All it does is rain. That's why we got to travel to get away from the rain. <laughs> like, literally every day it rains. It does. I haven't played golf in like a month and a half. Not, <clears throat> that, not that I played it well anyways, but still. <laughs> All right. It's time to give our opinions on the latest wrestling shows, news, and developments. It's time for Headlines. And uh, last couple weeks, we've saved the G1 for the second block. So this week, we're going to kick off the show with G1 talk. Uh, we're now more than half past the halfway point. We are caught up as we record through night 12, uh, which was uh, overnight Thursday morning. And uh, a couple big shows coming up this weekend. Overall thoughts on it. I, I don't like, and I know you don't like, the level of separation, like... It's, it feels like the, the both blocks are over. Now, that because of that, that probably means something su- surprising will happen here. But There's still some things left to play out, but I feel like, especially night 12, all the results to me kind of felt obvious, that last show we just watched. And that's because the block is just set up, it just feels in the end part so obvious. There was a lot of big surprises at the beginning. I just th- hope the surprises can keep continuing at the very end. Because in this middle part, that's where it's been kind of like, well, I knew that Moxley was going to lose. Especially when on commentary, Kevin Kelly was emphasizing that Naito would be out of it. Jay White would be out of it if Moxley were to win against Yanu. So to me, it was like, okay, Yanu has to win then. Why even mention that? You know what I mean? <laughs> There's no way they're going to have Jay White and Naito out of contention this early on. There's just no way. It had to happen that Moxley was going to lose. How'd you feel about the loss? Uh, you thought it was ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But uh, there's always one Yanu win in the G1 where he beats somebody surprising. So it wasn't a huge surprise. I don't even have a problem with it, except I don't like that Moxley's first loss in New Japan comes to Yanu. If that's the only, that's my only problem. If Yanu can outsmart Suzuki, then I'm cool with him beating Mox. Like, come on, Suzuki's like the baddest guy on earth. He is, but uh, so Moxley ain't nothing compared to that. <laughs> so I'm okay with Yanu beating him, and I love Yanu. So, well, we picked up uh, with night nine, which was a block action, and uh, we watched it on New Japan World. Our buddy Trace. Watched it on Axis Saturday night. We've been trying to get Trace, who's been a longtime supporter, into watching the matches and watching. We're like, he's he's watched WWE, and we're like, you got to give New Japan a chance. You're going to be watching the same exact show we're watching. Just give Axis a chance and watch it. And of course, 
his uh, stream of consciousness during the show was so funny. Right off the beginning, uh, when Ibushi takes on Archer, he's talking about Ibushi's body fat. He's like, this dude's got like 3% body fat, unlike that guy Samoa Joe. You know, so <laughs> he's, ta- he, he's twice taken shots at Samoa Joe. He thinks Samoa Joe is a thug. Uh, but now he thinks it, everybody's thugs. Yeah, well, that is true. Too. <laughs> it's really fascinating to see the thoughts of an outside person who has never really known wrestling in an in-depth way. Right. To see that new perspective is actually quite fascinating because a lot of people grew up as fans. Other people like myself and now Trace <laughs> come to know wrestling later in life. And so they have a little bit different perspective. Like, but mine, I don't think I was asking things like he did. Like, um, well, the thing is Trace, I don't know. Trace approaches it like, uh, like he's viewing actual sport. Like he's he's watching a, a football game. You know, are there no rules? What is going on? <laughs> so that's the funny part with him is is I think he approaches it um, from from watching it like a real sport as opposed to you know honestly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> it's just so fascinating to see his comments on it. It's like really entertaining, almost as entertaining as the wrestling, just because a lot of wrestling fans don't have that outside perspective of people who are trying to see it for the first time. I got to say the thugs with sticks. He commented. There's a legit comment that Trace said, and it's the greatest comment I've ever seen. I love it. It was the uh, the second match, uh, which was Osprey and Fale, which was a fun match. And uh he was not a fan of uh, Fale having uh, Jado out there and Chase Owens. Say the whole uh, one so, paragraph so, about how hard it is. So, <laughs> so here is the running hurts. stream of comment consciousness from Trace. Osprey is a, is gymnastic. Osprey is a bad actor with the ridiculous facial expressions. Disagree. Not a fan of the thugs with sticks. Said so I was getting angry. Uh, Kelsey <laughs> was getting angry at him because he you know how she loves Osprey. Uh, I don't like this guy's thug's helper. Isn't it enough that Osprey has to go against a 355-pound fat bastard? <laughs> Folly, that was Trace that said that. Not us. You're not us. We love you. Yeah, we we love that you came on our podcast. <laughs> yeah. We are not calling you a 355-pound ba- fat bastard. <laughs> We're not. Trace is. It's so. scary. Why would you say that? <laughs> well, because I'm... Fr- we saw him in person. He could have crushed us. I'm, I'm going to throw a Trace under the bus. I don't want Folly mad at me. Me neither. <laughs> He uh, was smoking a really big cigar. It was so cool. <laughs> what the hell do you guys want? That's what he said to he's us. He's like, I, already I don't like this Fale. The aerial assassin. I like the ring of this. I can already tell I don't like out of shape guys. <laughs> uh, and then he continues uh, about Ibushi uh, against Archer. And he can't believe uh, how big Archer sticks. is. And of course he means kendo sticks. But like uh, Trace's commentary aside... The Osprey Fale ending with Red Shoes running down. The, the flipping, and flipping off. off Fale. That was like the moment of the G1. Oh my God, I loved it. I loved it because it, Red Shoes was so defiant. <laughs> Someone like screen captured him flicking off and they're using it as flipping. a... Uh, you, flicking. Flicking off. Here we go. Here we go. Another. We've had this discussion. If you want to weigh in to prove... What actually is the Someone phrase. weighed in on Lanyap last week. They're like, no one knows that. Paul's right. I was like, no. See? Well, I am right. And no. I'm also right that it's flipping off, not flicking off. You got flicked off. Flipped off. You could say both. You, we wait. looked it up, remember? Yes, but, and I was but right. But 90% of people say flipped off. What do you guys say? Yes. You got yes. flicked off. 
Like, that should be a Twitter poll question. Is it flipped off, off or flicked off? <laughs> we'll put that poll up next week. <laughs> but anyway, people are making a screenshot of Red Shoes flipping or flicking <laughs> off of Ballet. And uh, people are using it as responses to tweets and stuff. I like it's it. great. I like it. Uh, Evil got another big win that night. And uh, Sonata got another loss, which uh, we, we that talked about. That, that of that tag team, Evil keeps being the one that seems to be promoted a little more. Yeah, at that point in the tournament, yes. Yeah, well, and, and even farther along. I mean, Sonata's just not getting the push as maybe we thought he would. Yeah. But the the match of that night was the Okada and Kenta. Uh, I thought that was entertaining. and uh, I'm glad Okada won. Yeah, I am too. Although, although I don't want Okada running away with it. But yeah, I liked him beating Kenta. I think It had to happen, I in think, my opinion. Yeah, I think that's the way it had to go. And, you know, they, they teased the GTS a couple of times. Okada blocked it, and then he escaped the GTS and hit a, a tombstone and then a rainmaker, and that's how he won. I just like it because Okada represents what New Japan is, and Kenta already beat Tanahashi, the ace. So I feel like if you had him beat Tanahashi and Okada, to me, that's head-scratching, personally. Yeah. I'm not saying that he can't win still, or but to me, it's like Okada's probably pretty high up there hard to beat i don't know these blocks it just seems like there's a big gap between the leader and everyone else it's gonna be hard uh night 10 uh gato beating yano uh which eventually yeah i mean goto yeah gato gato we're gonna talk about a lot here and a bit as well as he had an entertaining uh portion of night 12 uh juice and ishii that was one of my favorite matches of the tournament and you remember we were talking about how brutal some of Ishii's matches have been. And I thought he had some ex- like extreme chop and strike exchanges with other people. But then when it came to this Juice match, I counted how many times Juice almost hit his finisher, but then Ishii wiggled out of it. But what I didn't count was how many times they chopped and exchanged forearms in the ring. It must have been like a hundred. And the headbutts. Oh, the headbutts. But how many times do you think they had the exchanges in the ring oh, with God. strikes? Countless. Like, hundreds? Countless. I don't know. It felt like like <laughs> at least a hundred. But like, as, as I said, Juice attempted pulp friction four times Yeah, in the you match. went back and counted that. Yeah, I did because I was like, man, it had to be four or five times. He set it up and set it up and then Ishii just kept wiggling out or moving away and i really like that i thought that was one of ishii's best matches but again every ishii match is like whoa how can it get better he's to me he is the top mvp and we'll talk more about other people's opinions on who the mvp is of the tournament but uh that was a big win for ishii and kind of set juice back a little because i thought maybe they were gonna kind of push juice into a position of maybe winning the block but now i don't think that's the case and uh you know, as we'll mention here in a minute, it's kind of wide open as far as everybody in second place because, you know, everybody's got a chance, but Moxley's going to have to win, lose like two out of his last three for he anybody could. to be in it, which they, yeah, he could. And he probably will. But the thing is, he's already gotten past some of the heavier competition in that yeah. in that block. So I don't know. I, I You would hope they're at least going to make some sort of drama where he at least has to win his last match. Or something, but uh, we'll see. I think one of my favorite parts of uh, the tournament is when Kevin Kelly was poking fun at Tai Chi. He goes, thanks for the house, Tai Chi. Uh, And actually, if you guys have been longtime listeners of Kevin Kelly's commentary, he used to say that about the Young Bucks all the time back when he uh, 
did commentary, even in Ring of Honor, he would say, thanks for the house, Bucks. And also, they were talking about, uh, as Tai Chi comes to the ring, such an effortless singing style. <laughs> as we know, he just lip syncs, flipping Tai Chi. He's and the that, worst. And not even close lip syncing at that. <laughs> but Cobb needed to win that one. I'm glad he did. That match against Tai Chi. Jay White kept his winning streak yep. going. And then the uh, the match of night 10, and really just a great match, was uh, Moxley and Naito. It was so good. Oh, it was so good. So much mocking going on. So much baiting, too. Just Naito approaching the ring like a snail, going so <laughs> slow. Slowly undressing. <laughs> that was hilarious. And then, remember you were saying he was... Oh, that's right. He was acting like he was nervous. They yes. even said that. They He like played up like he was nervous about facing Moxley. Then Moxley mocks Naito's pose in the center of the ring. Uh, of course, another other red shoes interaction that you love where he bows and says sorry about fighting on the outside yep. to red shoes yep no i love moxley's had such great interactions with red shoes it's been so funny uh to see that interaction and moxley's just had great interactions period uh throughout this with the crowd yes with, with uh, shoto uno with the uh, you know everybody also uh the ex- like the disgusting extreme spit exchange. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, okay. The first one, they both spit in each other's faces, but then there's another one. Remember you were like, Oh my God, <laughs> he just spit so much into, I think it was Moxley's face. Yeah. It was oh, yeah. so there's much. No doubt about it. Uh, some great brutal moves in this, uh, B- the biting, the, the biting. I mean, it was fun. Uh, but in the end, Moxley would, uh, prevail with two death riders yes to put away naito yep, yep i'm glad it didn't take just one no and, and but the the highlight may have been uh the post-match the uh the presser that moxley did with shoda oh god it was so great just like you know kind of making shoda do the promo with him mm-hmm. it was just amazing like their chemistry is wonderful well wow. of course the whole relationship came back to bite him in the butt when yanu taped both of their feet together right. kind of causing moxley to lose the match essentially but i've really liked their relationship i think it's a great story and it just has come around so organically we always talk about organic things in wrestling are sometimes the best things and they're partnership and relationship is definitely organic to me no he's got show to bring in the belt with him all the time he calls him shooter and like you said he had him do the promo and i think Shota just said moxley will win the g1 or something yeah. like that and moxley's like he's a real panty dropper yeah yeah, yeah that was awesome <laughs> so that was tremendous another great promo zach saber jr just losing it throwing a chair using a chair to walk back to the back so he could do his interviews mm-hmm. talking about i can't concentrate on the g1 the prime minister yes the prime minister this is all i can think about people were making like gifs and memes out of it like somebody put him like hitting homer simpson in the bathtub <laughs> with the chair that he was actually using in the promo backstage just it was great he was laying on the floor he's like you guys don't understand i'm worrying about like my country here right and then he was saying like and then even, the commentators even talked about it. like he's really bothered about this new i think his name is boris johnson or something like that. i don't know but apparently he's a clown <laughs> yeah he's, say. he is kind of a clown <laughs> that's what at least you told me well, I, I just watched a, a, a feature on him on last week tonight and he's 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 a sneaky, smart clown. Yeah. Kind of like some other people. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's actually really funny because he was like, yeah, y'all all will be laughing when the economy fails, <laughs> like the world economy. He's basically saying like this dude's going to make English economy go down, thus making the world economy go down. You know, I really liked it. I thought 
the ZSJ promo was just out of the park awesome. And he explains why he's doing poorly. It's such a unique, weird, like, how many times do you see wrestlers get political like that no. in storylines? <laughs> right. So to me, it's like, what a unique way to explain his loss. But yet, after all that, he beats Osprey with what I thought was really cool, how he reversed the Stormbreaker into a submission. And that was after he had caught Osprey's shooting star and turned it into a triangle. So I thought this was a really fun match because, uh, you know, they know each other so well. And the ZSJ reversals of Osprey's moves were really good in this. And I like how they emphasize how they did know each right. other a lot on commentary and how they've met up so many times. I thought it just led to great chemistry in the ring, which was no surprise. Another one of the uh, more entertaining matches uh, through the first 12 days, I thought, was Lance Archer and Kazucha Okada. I thought it was just so... I mean, Archer is not going to win the G1. Right. But he has had such a great G1. I mean, he, he's been entertaining. He's shown his athleticism for a 6'8 guy. He's shown that he can be a star as a singles guy. He's not just a tag team guy. To me, he's in the top four and... VPs of the whole tournament. Like, I think he's done so well. Every match he's been in, he's had some kind of interaction with the crowd. Like, oh my God, talk about the kid. Oh you God. just, because he did this a long time ago. Yes. And then you're like, I wish you would terrorize kids again. And then it happened. <laughs> I know. It happened. He- headline on Twitter, Paul likes the, that Archer ter- terrifies and torments children. But I do. I love it. I love that he was tormenting this kid in the front row. A couple of Get- months ago, we screen captured the kid he tortured right, the first time. Made a kid cry. Yeah, we'd screen this, captured this crying. kid. Just looked legitimately terrified of Archer and backs off. And, and then Archer didn't let it go. He went back at the he kid. He did. Like, and the kid was like, oh, no, he's back. And, but the cool thing was Okada kind of rectified it at the end and shook the little kid's yeah. hand. But I love that mom didn't even do anything to really protect. Like She was smiling just like she, the other yeah, kid's parent yeah, a few months ago or a year ago. That their kid was being tormented. Yeah, I thought, they like it. I thought it was great. Just like remember back when he was spraying a lot of water? He still kind of does, but people wanted them Right. Wanted him to spray them. Right. Like, and spit on them. They, they thought it was funny. They want to be a part of the show. I like it. I mean, I, I would think it's fun to be a part of the show, so. I thought the other thing that was great, and Okada is just fantastic, but when he hits the first Rainmaker on Archer, and, and he's shocked that Archer doesn't go down. Yeah. Just the, his facial expression was so good. Yeah, Okada's facial expressions are really good and subtle sometimes in any match. Yeah. Yeah, no, he he's just such a consummate pro. I I I like Okada so much, but again, I I wish he didn't have such a commanding lead in this. But uh, it is what it is. Uh, so then Kenta loses for a second straight match. As Sonata does get a big win there, and that is surprising. And I even said like this is dumb <laughs> because it doesn't matter for Sonata. Right. I mean, it's great for him that he's not totally deflated in the tournament, but. I just don't understand. So now there's a bigger, even bigger gap between Kenta and Okada. Mm-hmm. So there's not even like the illusion he's going to catch up to him because he already lost against right, Okada. Right, so he's got no chance. Basically. Yeah. It just feels like, oh, it's less competitive now. Yeah. Yeah, it really. Well, I, I think, uh, you know, I think it's going to come down to, you know, now that Ibushi's at eight, Okada's going to have to drop one. And at least it would make that last match in the block. Kenta... I mean, uh, Kota Ibushi versus uh, Okada. If Ibushi wins, it would have a chance to win it all. So I, I think that's the the hope there that maybe they're going to build that last match 
you would think that Okada's got to lose one of his next two so that that match means something. You know, I just think it's too soon for Ibushi to win and to go on a main event for Wrestle Kingdom. Like, I'd rather see him go after the IC title again, uh, go after Naito, hold that for a while, and then get elevated. Yeah. It just seems too soon. Maybe. Maybe. Personally. Like, I'd rather see Naito get that spot. Yeah. He didn't get it a couple years ago, so I'd rather see him get the main event against Okada. I don't know. Well, Naito's on... I know. I mean... If he wins the G1 right, right. on the other side, it right. doesn't matter which side, right, right. he'd still go on to main event. Yeah, oh, I got what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. I thought you meant in this tournament. No, I meant whoever wins the tournament is going to end up going on to face Okada in Wrestle Kingdom right. at the main event, and I want it to be Naito versus instead of Abushi. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, the other uh, match in that block was Evil and Tanahashi, and Tanahashi selling the knee, but I had to laugh when he did the uh, hi-fi flow to the floor and he grabbed his wrong knee and he knew it right away like he's supposed to be selling his right knee he went to grab his left knee and then he quickly grabbed his right knee and was like whoops i went for the wrong leg yeah that was really funny yeah (laughs) you pointed that out right away and we rewound it and you're like yep he totally was selling the wrong knee yep yep so kind of funny to look even even the greatest veteran you know in, in the promotion can make a mistake once in a while. And then you got your standings for this side of the block. So, yes, going into uh, Saturday's action, uh, Okada has a four-point lead over Kenta and Ibushi. Uh, Evil and Tanahashi still technically alive at six, but Okada running away with it. to me, since he's already beaten Kenta, the only scenario that would be any drama is if Okada loses at least one match and makes that Ibushi versus Okada. You know, Ibushi wins it. He would win the block, otherwise Okada win or draw, and he would win the block. Osprey mathematically basically eliminated, as well as some other people, but I still really think Osprey's one of the MVPs, although his point value isn't very high, but he has made history, as he tweeted out this week, although I'm eliminated technically, you know, I'm really proud of being the first guy to be in the New Japan Cup, best of super juniors and the G1 tournament in one calendar year. And I think that you can't really emphasize enough how impressive well, that is. And he's so good. He may, He's one of those guys that makes everybody he wrestles look better, too. Yes. I mean, Archer had a great start off in this tournament because he had that match against Osprey. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Osprey really elevated Archer, and Archer's been riding that hot wave ever since then. It just Man, it, everything has worked out for Osprey in terms of how great he looked in all of his matches so far. Uh, quickly, the uh, night 12, uh, you talked about it early, Yano beats Moxley. Uh, you know, of course, shenanigans involved. Of course. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was kind of funny. Uh, you know, the, their interaction between Moxley and Yano was very funny. But uh, Yano ends up taping Moxley and Shota together outside the ring. They can't separate, and Yana wins by a countout. I liked it. <laughs> I know you did. I know you did. It was funny. I will say it will, was funny. Cobb got another big win yes, over Shingo. Which keeps him alive. Uh, uh, Juice got a win over Naito. Huge I, win for him. I thought it was a bit of a surprise, but now they're both at six as well. Doesn't seem like a B-plus player to me when you're beating <laughs> Naito. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, and then I, a match I had, I really enjoyed a lot because of all the shenanigans. Uh, Jay White and Tai Chi, with all the outside influences of, uh, you know, Tai Chi's valet, uh, along with Kanemaru, uh, 
Gato on the other side. There were so many shenanigans that went on during this match. I thought it was a very funny, entertaining match. It was an entertaining match, but I almost knew 100% that J.Y. was going to win. I mean, especially with the story they've been telling about, oh, I'm going to win six in a row. I think they're going to keep teasing that as long as it's a possibility. You know, and I think it's going to keep happening until the very end. Yeah. That's when it could be in question, the yeah. very last match I, he has. I think so. Yeah. Uh, Gato was he, he even pulled Miho's hair, hair at one point, was holding her back, and Jay White was getting in her face. Gato pulled the ref out at one point. Kanemaru missed it white. Uh, so all True the, heels. All the heel work was there, but uh, White ends up winning it. And then the funny moment after, as he goes over to the English announce table, and Rocky kind of runs away, and, and Jay White's like, I just want to hug you. That's awesome. <laughs> and then they end up, uh, you know, squaring off a little bit. But White did get his hug on Rocky before it was said and done. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now at the end of uh, night 12, Moxley has a four-point lead. He's got 10 points. Everybody else in the block has six, except for Tai Chi, who has four. So they everybody's could technically catch up. Yeah, everybody is still alive, but Moxley's going to have to lose at least one more to... Uh, Make the last uh, night or so uh, dramatic. Yes, and dramatic, exactly. So we are enjoying the G1, but uh, it's kind of coming down the home stretch. A couple more weeks of it, of course, uh, comes down to that three-night ending of the show with the blocks and then the, uh, the final. Before we move on, Ring of Honor announced their Global Wars tour, and they say they're partnering with CMLL. Mysteriously absent from the promotion for Global Wars is New Japan Pro Wrestling. Usually they do that tour together. Mm -hmm. So it's very mysterious and odd. Some people are taking it to mean that the partnership could be dissolving. I would hate to see that happen. Yeah. But I could see that being a possibility, unfortunately. But who knows? Maybe it's just New Japan can't get anybody over there for the tour. Maybe they got too much going on. I don't want to over speculate well especially because new japan's going to have that the shows in the northeast yes i think that's whether the partnership is dissolving or not i think that's a big part of it is they're they're so focused on they want to draw a lot of eyeballs to those three shows in philly new york and boston yeah and those shows are probably going to be amazing philly new york and boston Right? Those mm-hmm. are the three? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Hammerstein and Boston, for sure, and the ECW Arena. Right. Lowell, I think, is where the... Yeah. Yeah, just outside Boston. That's where the other one is. Uh, shall we move on to AEW? We shall. All right. We've got a lot of miscellaneous news about other promotions. AEW announced a lot of stuff this week. They had a Road to All Out video, a new one. It's the third video. And, of course, we saw Sean Spears and Cody Rhodes sign their contract to have a match at All Out. And that was really well done, kind of building their story together. I liked it a lot. Marco Stunt signed an official AEW contract. Lots of drama on social media with people saying that people like Stunt don't deserve these big-name contracts. And then tons of people coming to Stunt's defense. I really like him, so I'm glad he got signed. He's unique. He's not the norm. I think that makes him special. I don't think that makes him less than. No. I think it makes him more than, actually. But Who I, wants all wrestlers to be the same? But what what is his role going to be? Is he going to be knocking off you know, big guys, or is there going to be a, a, a cruiserweight division? That's Or a light heavyweight, or whatever they want to call it. Only time will tell, but I think he'll have a place, I, no matter what happens. That's the part I, I want to see. I mean... Yes, there's one thing in signing him, but what what is his role going to be? Yeah. You know, I think 
I mean, I, I don't think anybody wants to see Marco Stunt beating Kenny Omega, you know? I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't mind to see a match. But, yeah, I mean, I, Kenny Omega is the top of the top. I yeah, mean, I'm just saying. That's, that's what I, when you're signing a guy to a contract, uh, I guess, what's the vision? Yeah, I, I see what you mean. But I like the signing. I really do because I think he's unique. And uh, wrestling is all about variety, including in your wrestlers themselves. Also, more news for AEW. They've been an- announcing some of their matches for their first television show on October 2nd on TNT. So they've announced Cody versus Sammy, Sammy Guevara. And I think that should be awesome because mm-hmm. we're big fans of Sammy. Absolutely. However, the crowds have not really been behind him at the live shows we've attended. Or hated him. You know, yeah, I would like booze or no some reaction. kind of reaction. That's the problem. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's going to be great. Uh, Bucks and Omega versus Jericho and Mystery Partners. I think that's going to be key. Is I think they're going to bring out some sort of huge surprise on that first show. I saw someone speculate LAX. How awesome would that be? I think that's a possibility. Or it could just be the Lucha Brothers. It could be. Or but it... I think that's too much no, with I, the Lucha and I think because the Bucks. they're Mystery Partners, I, I think we're going to see maybe a couple surprises if they... It's so hard to keep these things under wraps these days. That's the problem. Yeah. But uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, who the mystery partner will be. And, of they're, course... They're promoting that John Moxley will be at the TV show, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't he be? Yeah, He's would, one of their just stars. I would hope so. Yes. Uh, and then you also uh, had something you wanted to add about Cody Rhodes uh, from an uh, interview. Yeah, he was on Busted Open Radio, and... He basically said that AEW really cares more about pleasing their fan base who already know them and love them versus pleasing casual fans. And this is the actual quote. You guys know that first way to fail is to try and please everybody. But I got to take care of the people who brought us to the dance in the first place. And I think that will be appealing on a global level. So basically talking about how their fan base who have gotten them to where they are right now is more important than anything to them. And to just keep pleasing them versus just trying to go for a kind of generic mass appeal. Although he thinks that the stuff they're doing to appeal to the specific audience will appeal generally too. Which I agree, but there it's it's a two sided coin. Uh, you definitely don't you want to cater towards the people who have gotten you to this point, but you're going to be on a one of the hugest cable networks. You got to draw a rating. So yeah. you do have to bring in the casual viewer. But I think because they're on Wednesday night, because it's going to be their first show, I think they can do what they've been doing. And even the casual viewer is going to tune in for that first show no matter what. So as long as that first show knocks it out of the park, I think you'll get your casual viewers in there by doing the things you do. I agree with you on that for sure. And no matter what happens, I'm I'm really intrigued at the first show. Yeah. I think they're going to go huge. But how will they keep sustaining from there? That's the big question. Mm-hmm. How will they do on a weekly basis? I'm really interested to see how it all f- unfolds. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it's, e- it's easy to put these one-off shows, you know, that they've done since All In. But what will... Uh, what will they do on a week-to-week basis? Can they can they keep that level of excitement? I think yeah. they can, but that's going to be the challenge. It really will be. And incorporating a lot of people, a lot of names that people don't know. That's going yeah. to be key, too. Because, look, there's a lot of casual people that don't know a lot of the people on the AEW roster. That's true. So 
And, and, you know, how many people come up to you and go, all right, well, who's in it that used to be in WWE? And there's only a few names. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's that's what the casual viewer is going to be like, all right, who 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 am I going to know in this? Right. You know, and that's... But they could get captured by the different flavor that they're going to be presenting. They could get captured by these wrestlers that are really amazing that they never heard of. But it's getting them to stay on the channel for a few minutes or to even tune in in the first place to capture them. That's the challenge. Can they do it? I think they can. Yeah. I think there's a good chance that they can do that. It's also crazy to think that four weeks from, as we record this, we'll be in Chicago for All Out. Chicago is my favorite place. Yes, it is. So I'm very excited. I know. (laughs) Uh, Let's switch gears. Uh, NWA, uh, 10 pounds of gold series, which has been tremendous. Uh, focusing on Eli Drake this week. Yeah, I didn't know much about Eli Drake before watching this video. I gotta say, it's the 56th episode of 10 Pounds of Gold. It's called The Launch of Eli Drake. And I just really think they gave some great background information. They talked about him teaming with Brian Cage in the past when Cage was a lot smaller. They talked about him working with Paul Bearer, all kinds of stuff. And he started naming his Mount Rushmore of wrestlers. And who was at the top of it? The Rock. And this doesn't surprise me at all because (laughs) we have a show back in January. I think it was like Mm -hmm. January 18th. Where you and I said that Eli Drake had to be channeling The Rock because his promo was almost like it was mimicking The Rock. I could just see it in his body language, in his voice. And here you go. He's saying that the top is Mount Rushmore is The Rock. And I'm like, oh my God, that makes sense. Yeah, no. And and, uh, he also... Like Ric Flair, right? So Yeah, there's a part in the video where they're showing an old NWA clip, and it's almost like he's mimicking Ric Flair. So I think Eli Drake is kind of taking, which I think is great, you know, taking some of the best things he likes about his favorite wrestlers and weaving it into his personality, and that is what makes Eli Drake. They showed that point, like, a hundred <laughs> times in the video. They, they showed the point, like, they couldn't have showed it anymore. Four hundred times. <laughs> Eli but Drake. But yes, you get all the credit. You said he was like The Rock, and sure enough, now there's a method to the fact that he's like The Rock. I'm so surprised that I noticed it. No. It, and I made the connection. And you were dead on. I really was. I can't believe it. <laughs> other news and other wrestling promotions. Impact had some big news. A big signing, in my opinion. They snagged Tanel Dashwood away from Ring of Honor. Because, you know, she left Ring of right. Honor a couple months ago. Huge loss for Ring of Honor, as, in my opinion, their women's division is really struggling. Personally, I believe that wholeheartedly, which I hate to say, but it's true. Whereas Impact, their women's roster seems to be getting better and better. Really? You've got... Tessa Blanchard, Jordan Grace, and now Tanel. Yeah, I mean Rosemary. Oh uh, yeah, Taya Valkyrie. I mean Sue Young. Yeah, so uh, yeah, their women's division is really strong, and adding Tanel Dashwood, I think, is is great for them. I uh, laughed because they tweeted out they're promoting this thing called Impact Plus on their Twitter account, and I guess it's some kind of like streaming service. I'm not really sure what it is, but they promoted it using like a teaser of a top five Steiner promos video. And I was like, oh my God, Paul will just love it. That's going to make me rush out and buy it. People might not remember from our early episodes, Paul used to throw out some Steiner hate every now and then. And No, uh, yeah, I threw out the Steiner hate because Impact was going to have their first big show and the first match had like 60 year old Steiner who couldn't (laughs) hardly move around the ring. I'm like, this is a new generation? It was pretty funny, but uh, yeah, so Paul had been getting some 
Yeah. Some people mad because you were saying something about Steiner back in the day. We haven't had any Steiner hate that you spewed in a while. No. So I figured I should bring it up. And lastly, I'm really excited. Tessa Blanchard will be facing Sammy Callahan again. And that will probably have already taken place by the time some people have watched or listened to our podcast. Because it's happening on Friday. Uh, a little bit of disappointing news uh, coming out today as well. Uh, last week we talked about Wrestle Circus closing their doors. Uh, now Defiant Wrestling, which we, you know, you mentioned Liverpool. We saw a Defiant show when it was What Culture uh, Pro Wrestling. Yeah, WCPW. Uh, um, now they're going out of business as well. I'm so bummed because, honestly, we saw one of our favorite shows ever. Oh, I mean, that yeah, show like, had the Young Bucks, War Machine, Osprey. Uh, Osprey. Jay Lethal was even there. Marty Scurll. Yeah. So... Marty Scroll making a surprise appearance. Right. That was really cool. God, uh, so many great matches that night. That was truly one of my favorite shows of all time. And it was back when they were known as WCPW. And then they later changed to Defiant. And now they're out of business, which is really surprising to me. They kept getting big names. It was sold out when we were there. It yeah. was packed. Yeah. Um, it was truly one of the greatest days, like one of our best trips ever. A great day overall, and one of the best wrestling shows. So, really sad to hear this news. I'm going to miss that. Yeah, yeah, disappointing for sure. And then there's uh, one little miscellaneous note you wanted to touch on as well. Some Joey Ryan stuff I wanted yeah. to throw in. Actually, we're going to be talking about Joey Ryan later on when we talk about PWG. But for now, um, he actually is getting a lot of play on YouTube. His match against Miranda is over... 4 million views on YouTube right now in less than two days, which is higher than some of WWE's YouTube content, which is really insane when you think about how Joey Ryan doesn't have the massive global exposure that WWE does. How is he drawing these numbers? Right. I don't know. But it's it's kind of awesome, and it's also ironic because earlier in the week, Jim Cornette was giving Chris Jericho some gruff, I guess, about having Joey Ryan as a guest. Like, couldn't you have found anybody else? I could have gotten you anybody who respects our business more than that clown. And then Joey Ryan responded, and him and Cornette had a crazy back and forth. In fact, I will, uh, I will read some of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, before you get to it, uh, I'll, I'll just kind of weigh in on Cornette. Go ahead. I think this a lot of it is shtick, obviously, to kind of keep himself relevant for no for lack of a better term and look there's no doubt he he is living in the 80s and late 70s and and it doesn't seem like he likes new wrestling he just doesn't seem like he likes it now i think that's a great niche for him to have it's a character be, be the antagonist yeah and look i think maybe people a lot of people went back and watched this joey ryan match because of the stuff in the news with him and Cornette. so in a weird way, Cornette may have even helped Joey Ryan yeah. get more exposure. It's very all it's all very ironic. It's crazy actually. So Jim Cornette started off by saying, Chris, if you're that hard up for guests, I can get you some bag boys from the local Kroger. They have more respect for our profession and look more physically intimidating than the half baked brown and serve roll covered in pubic hair you just spoke to. Then Joey Ryan said, It's more my profession than it is yours now, bud. Sorry, Skippy, you're wrong, says Jim Cornette. Number one, you have to be professional to have a profession. Number two, you have to be good at it. Number three, I still make more money and have more fans than you ever have or will. Number four, down deep, you know all of this, which is why you cry at night. Joy Ryan saying, you sure about that? I seem to remember you no-selling me when I challenged you to compare tax returns. 
And he actually quote tweeted the tweet in the past where he did say, I'd be willing to compare tax returns to Jim Cornette. Then Jim Cornette says, I know sell all your bull, just like all the other guys who tried to work with your embarrassing little gimmick should. Embarrassing gimmick, Joy Ryan says. I remember when you tried to become the dick guy, but much like your booking of ROH, you can't get anything over. And then the last thing that Joy Ryan said... I'm 20 years in, independently wealthy, respected by my peers, respected by legends, and changing the business forever. You scream blank sucker and mother effer into a microphone in your basement. It seems like you're the only one angry here. (laughs) Uh, First of all, let me go on a side tangent. What is with all these wrestlers talking about how much money they have? Are they all have they all turned into rappers? What is I don't that's know. like what rappers do in, in their in their music to talk about how many Benjamins they have. That's what's going on with these wrestlers. Everybody's talking about how much money they have. Well, Jim Cornette kind of started. Yeah, it. I, no, I know, but yeah. Seth Rollins was talking about how much money he makes, and somebody else recently. I well, Renee just said the checks keep coming. Yeah. She didn't talk about how much money she makes. People were accusing her of doing that. But she wasn't. She but was clear, just trying to say. Clearly, these two are talking about it. So. Yes, you're right. They are. A lot of people are talking about it. In some areas, people think that's a measure of success. But whatever. <laughs> I don't necessarily think that. I don't get paid anything. I think I'm great at what I do. <laughs> and, <laughs> whatever. And, and humble, too. <laughs> whatever. Um, I don't have any confidence in anything, except <laughs> I know I'm good at my job. Uh, no, the Cornette thing. Uh, look. He, like I said, he inadvertently probably drove more eyeballs to this Joey Ryan, uh, Joe Ryan match. So, uh, you know, it is, it is what, what it is. is. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Good for Joey Ryan, I guess. Yeah. Then let's move on to WWE to close off this segment. Uh, you wanted to talk about uh, Sasha Banks. Mysterious gif she tweeted out of Naito, like, walking really slow to the ring. Why'd she tweet that? People were speculating, is it because she's going to come back as a heel? Or is she just messing around and tweeting out wrestlers she likes? <laughs> well, she is sitting at home doing nothing, apparently. So. <laughs> well, she's having some fun. <laughs> uh, we we can talk a little bit about Raw and uh, SmackDown and some some of the highlights, I guess. Um, I thought the gauntlet match re- to start the show was really good. Well, actually, they started the show with the 24-7 championship, but I, I just, I'm so over that. Some and, people and love it. I know, I know. We say that every week, but... To me, it's goofiness, and then the whole Maria Canales emasculating Mike Canales. That was so weird. I I don't like any of it. Uh, I think it's I I mean I don't know. I mean you, again. I can't believe they're getting they re- paid. They re-signed to do stuff like yeah. that. I mean Mike Canales is basic. I mean look, he's getting paid. They're making good money. They're they're both getting paid by the WWE. Yeah. So I guess you do what you gotta do. But I. I he can't be thrilled with this storyline. I mean, I don't think she's even thrilled with it. Oh, you wouldn't it. think. I'm sure she's not. I'm sure she kind of feels weird about it. Yeah. But yeah, she did say on Twitter, like, it's a character, you know, because people were calling her out, like, do you really want to be portrayed like this? She's like, it's character. Right. People know the difference between a movie and real life. Then she actually, she actually said, do you think people really think Jack Nicholson is, uh, she said something like Joe from The Shining. <laughs> it's, the funny thing is, his name is Jack in The Shining. <laughs> Jack Torrance. But we'll let her pass on the name of the guy in The Shining. But I get the point she's trying to make. Right. It is valid a point. Uh, I thought the tag team triple threat match was really good, but zero buzz for the OC or the revival. Uh, so again, WWE, even when they do well on a tag team match, their crowd isn't as receptive as the AEW crowds are going to be for for tag team wrestling. So I don't know how WWE fixes their 
their tag team problem, other than one thing for sure, as I've mentioned multiple times, get rid of having two belts. Just I have agree. one tag team champ because otherwise you've got the Usos going against the Revival. Usos over going over and over. Now on the other over. side, you got the New Day going against, you know, whatever. It's just... Yeah. You, you need more depth there. And especially mm-hmm. now you, that you got the Viking Raiders, you know, let's just have one big pool and make the tag team division like more competitive and more interesting. Definitely. So. But then your argument would be, or other people's argument would be, oh, there won't be as many people featured. That's not true, I don't think. You'll still have the same amount of time between both shows. It's just that it would be more competitive and it wouldn't get so monotonous all the time. You know what? Take time away from Shane McMahon on camera. Take cut back on these interview segments, yeah. and I, there's plenty of time. <laughs> Let's get to uh, closer to the end of the show where it started to really kind of heat up and get good. I think. Oh, and, it was great. <laughs> yeah, I love the beatdown of Seth Rollins by Brock Lesnar. I thought it was brutal. <laughs> he took some legit brutal shots, like on the gurney. Oh, <laughs> well, and the one one time where he got thrown into the. Uh, barricade he was lucky to kind of get his head out so he didn't land on his head on the floor even on the ring post it looked like it hurt yeah yeah so and the shots on the chairs too so uh, yeah it was brutal (laughs) one criticism god all the gagging as as uh, they said in stranger things gag me with a spoon i was so over it it was the worst um over and over again. He must have gagged like 400 times. It was so gross. It just the noise. It was annoying, too. It was almost as bad as when Bray Wyatt kept coughing and coughing in the House of Horrors match against Randy Orton. That was a couple of years ago, but I just distinctly remember all I could think about about that match after I watched it was how much he coughed. He was like in the limo, like hacking up a lung. Like, well, why? <laughs> Nothing happened to make him cough like this. It was so weird. So this whole thing with Rollins gagging was just as bad as that. Like, please stop gagging. And, and, and the bigger question that you were asking, where was everybody to help Seth? <laughs> yeah, I know. Somebody actually tweeted out that baseball yeah, the huge brawl between the Pirates yeah. and Reds the other night. And there was this cop that did nothing. Somebody tweeted that out as a gif, and they were like, the cop is Becky and Roman. Where were they during <laughs> Seth's attack? They were just like walking by, like nothing's happening. Yeah. Meanwhile, as the thing Seth's getting decimated, down. yeah. <clears throat> the, the, uh, the gif with the cop is, is very funny. And it it's is. It's true. It's apropos, because that's... That's what they did. Literally nothing. <laughs> I can't take credit for it, though. I saw it on Twitter, but it was so good I had to talk about it. Uh, SmackDown, KO, uh, Kevin Owens had a, a really, really great promo. And then a good match. And then a fantastic match with Drew McIntyre. I thought that match was one of the best matches of the week in WWE. Uh, you wanted to give props to Charlotte uh, for her She her saved work. that segment with Trish. Yeah. I don't like that they're bringing back legends. I just feel like let the past stay in the past. One could argue, though, if I'm playing devil's advocate, that, yeah, but, you know, Charlotte could be cemented as the greatest woman ever if she beats the woman of the past. As they were kind of talking about in the promo itself, in their interaction in the ring, they were kind of saying, to to be the woman, you got to beat the woman. That's what Trish said, but she said it so terribly. Like I said, Charlotte saved the segment because she's gold on the mic. Even, like, her responses and reactions and little tiny noise reactions (laughs) are gold. She's incredible. How anyone could argue against her being one of the greatest women talkers of all time, I don't even know. She is truly amazing on the mic, she honestly. Is. She's she's the best. I mean, 
You know, there's others that are more popular, but Charlotte is the best female wrestler, maybe in all. I mean, wrestler and talker. I love her. But I mean, Impact, you know, I think Charlotte's the best. I do think Charlotte's the best. And like, I think she's got like the mic skills that even add to her overall well-roundedness. But some of the athleticism is just insane over the top how good would a charlotte tessa match be it would be incredible that would be just charlotte leave wwe (laughs) not the other way around (laughs) i'm terrible i know i'm guessing the other scenario is more likely (laughs) i know what else uh again goofy kind of booking by wwe they had ollie go against nakamura and of course ollie beat nakamura so i'm sure they're gonna go against each other at SummerSlam. right you know i I, I get that Ali wasn't supposed to face Nakamura this past Saturday on that show in Nashville that Finn Balor was sick. So, I I mean, I, it was probably out of necessity that they it ended up that it was back-to-back shows, but still wasn't a big fan of that. Me neither. Uh, the RKO promo I thought was really good, as was uh, AJ and Kofi. Although, as good as WWE is on, on their product... The, the directing in that match was so terrible. They missed so many things during that. I don't know what the heck was going on. And then at the end, the Roman, the attack on Roman to end the show. So absurd. They took like six different angles. It looked like they just repeated what happened. Like, did the stuff fall down twice? That's <laughs> well, what it seemed and like. And there just happened to be a camera in the thing that was, you know, I mean, it was just, it, it was terrible. You should have had like one camera kind of with like, what they should have had is one camera with the reporter waiting for Roman, and then you see it happening as the camera guy whips around. That would have made it more dramatic. Having, like, six camera angles for something like, okay, we know that this is going to happen. <laughs> you know, for as good as they are at production, this is puzzling. Yes. Why did they shoot it like that? Why? I have no idea. It's horrible. They could have done so much better, and they have done so much better in the past. So that's why I'm like, what the heck? Uh, one final thing I wanted to talk about, and probably a lot of people didn't even see it. Uh, we talked about AEW kind of announcing some of their TV stuff. Uh, we saw the first bit of Fox promotion of SmackDown moving to Friday during the MLS All-Star Game Wednesday yep. night, which I'm sure very few of you saw, especially with all the lightning delays. It ended up being so late, but they had Finn Balor on in the pregame show. And as you would imagine, it was a little awkward. Like, Not on Finn's part, no, though. No, Finn was great. I thought Rob Stone was great. Like, he seemed like he knew what he was talking about. But some of the other guys kind of were just... It was a little awkward. They were fed info. And, you know, that's going to... I can't wait to see what it's going to be like during football season with Joe Buck reading promos during yeah. football and stuff. And how much they're going to rotate wrestlers into these Thursday night broadcasts. That part's going to be interesting. But this was the first step in it. And I thought it was actually pretty good. And the funny part was there was all sorts of pyro going off in the stadium. And and it was ironic because they kind of made, said, oh, it's like WWE, but of course WWE doesn't use promo or pyro right now. So yeah, it's no, not like ironic. WWE. Not anymore, yeah. no. But man, what a testament to how much of a professional Finn is. Because even though, you know, they were kind of laughing about wrestling and almost kind of like making light of it, uh, Finn really went with the punches. And something you could say about WWE wrestlers, they're really good at PR. Oh, yeah. They're really good at making the media rounds, and that really showed in this Finn guest appearance. Yeah, and they tied in his, you know, love of soccer and loving Tottenham and stuff like that. Yeah, so, so it worked. Yeah, it was good. It was uh, it, it was the first bit of real promo I've seen from Fox, you know, ahead of this, uh, which uh, they're uh, 
you know, coming up in October, I think, as well. Uh, right. So, Meanwhile, though, TNT is tweeting all the time about AEW. They're really promoting the heck out of it. Yeah, it's going to uh, be big. It's going to be huge. Yep, yep, it's a big, big thing for them. And again, we talked about that last week, sandwiched in side their nba schedule so they can do some cross promotion yeah, too and they probably will yeah i think that's gonna be really interesting and uh we've got more interesting stuff to come yeah when we come back we're gonna be doing my favorite segment <laughs> pwg rewind we're gonna take a look back at a past pwg show in honor of their 16th anniversary which just took place and we will uh get you set for a special two-part segment that we're gonna Tie in next week and the week after, and we'll give you all the parameters of that when we come back. Two-Face Wrestling Talk is proud to be sponsored by Wrestling Travel. Check them out on Twitter at Wrestling Travel. Also go to their website, wrestlingtravel.org, to find out about all the exciting travel packages, including a travel package to All Out, which includes four nights hotel stay, StarCast Platinum Bracelet, and a lower bowl ticket across from the hard cam. They also have a very fun Wrestle Kingdom travel package, which includes round-trip airfare, five-night hotel near the Tokyo Dome, lower bowl tickets to both days of Wrestle Kingdom, and guided tours by being the Elite's fat ass masa come on who wouldn't want to hang out with masa i think that's like the coolest thing they offer you get to have some time with him meet him interact with him he'll literally be hanging with you and you'd get to be a part of the first two-day wrestle kingdom which is going to be really special in my opinion they also have travel packages to wwe events including wrestlemania 36 which you can sign up for information at wrestlingtravel.org and they've got packages to the Royal Rumble as well, plus other events too. Check out their website. There are USA travel packages, but also UK travel packages. So whether you live in the UK or where we live in the United <laughs> States, you can find something for you. Also, don't forget they've got a friendly staff that can help you out. DM them on Twitter or contact them through their website. Thanks, Wrestling Travel. Our Two-Faced Wrestling Talk logo was inspired by Two-Face, the Batman animated series character and his coin. The logo was designed by the talented and creative artist Eric Hudson. Eric creates wrestling-themed pieces as well as other pop culture art. He is also currently working on a Roddy Piper comic book. You can follow him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dreaded Dinosaur. You can also support his work by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash dreaded dinosaur. Please check out his work. And now back to Two-Face Wrestling Talk. All right, it's time for your favorite segment. Yep, PWG Rewind. Back in my day, video stores told you to be kind, rewind. Well, we're taking their advice, we're kind, and we're rewinding by taking a look back at PWG through the years. It's time for PWG Rewind. And in honor of PWG's 16th anniversary, uh, we're going to look back at the 2016 Battle of Los Angeles, which is also apropos because Battle of Los Angeles is coming up soon. Yep, they're already announcing entrance into this year's Battle of Los Angeles, and I can't wait. It's going to be an awesome show. But they just had, like you referred to, their 16th show, 16, which is available for pre-order now at ProWrestlingGorilla.com. Check it out. Go pre-order your copy today because their shows are always great. And they have a lot of AEW guys on their latest show. So. Well, and before we get into the rewind, uh, a couple noteworthy people talking about PWG this week, too. Yeah, we heard a lot about PWG in Joey Ryan's appearance on Talk is Jericho. 
Jericho was asking him a lot about PWG because Joey Ryan revealed that he was one of the six founders of PWG and that he was involved with the promotion for quite a while. He's no longer really, you know, doesn't really have any stake in it now, but because now he's doing bar wrestling. But back then, in the beginning, he was one of the six. Now it's mostly Excalibur and Super Dragon which we love Excalibur. So, right. And it seems like AEW is still keeping up that relationship. Every time we talk about PWG, we emphasize that it seems that AEW is allowing wrestlers, at least for now, to wrestle with PWG. And that is no surprise because the Bucks have a long history with PWG. People who have been hired by AEW have a long history with PWG, like Rick Knox, Excalibur. Lots of other people on the roster have appeared on PWG. So it's great. Another person talking about PWG, Lance Archer tweeted at PWG and said, I want a match with Brody King, basically saying for the company to make it happen. Which would be an amazing match. Yeah. But it also speaks to something you talked about in the first segment, the Ring of Honor relationship breaking down, because couldn't Archer just go against (laughs) uh, Brody King in Ring of Honor? Uh, So uh, maybe maybe the only way it is going to happen is in PWG. That's so weird. That's what's making me speculate that maybe their relationship is strained if Archer has to go and approach PWG. Although I'd love to see it in PWG because traditionally they've got crazy matches. And speaking of that, let's go into the rewind. This is Battle of Los Angeles 2016 Stage 1, which is the first night of the Battle of Los Angeles tournament. And we'll start off with Pentagon versus Marty Skrull. Really awesome both really strong characters, and it started actually with us recognizing someone in the audience. Yeah, Shayna Baszler and uh, her fellow uh, MMA person who is now also in NXT. Uh, I can't remember. Her I name. never she, remember her name. Jess, A lot of people don't. Jessa, or I don't know. The whatever. blonde. The one. blonde. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they were in the front row, and this was uh, before Shayna had joined the NXT roster. So just before she joins NXT. And we've seen some MMA people in the past in Battle of Los Angeles. We saw Ronda Rousey in the crowd one time as well. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, fellow professionals are fans of this promotion. And she was rooting for Marty Skrull because there was a dueling chant for Marty. And then there people were going, Sarah Miro. But she was like, Marty! <laughs> that was awesome. So she had a stake in the match. Uh, the match itself obviously was was great. I really like that right in the beginning. Well, there was some great exchanges, but then after that, both Marty Skrull and Pentagon kind of did two crane kick setups. And then on commentary, they were joking about Karate Kid <laughs> and making all kinds of references. And then uh, Marty did something with Pentagon's mask. Uh, yeah, going for the mask. Tying it to the ropes yep, yep. so he couldn't escape. That was really unique. Such a mm. cool thing to do. Well, you brought up the commentary. I do want to circle to that before. I love when Chucky e. T is on commentary. <laughs> In fact, you said somewhere on this show, you said, Paul says Chucky e. T and Excalibur should do the commentary for everything and anything. That's what <laughs> I call Excalibur is so good. And Chucky e. T is so funny because he even makes fun of sometimes like, he's like, I don't know why they did that move. That was co- completely pointless. <laughs> He'll criticize the match <laughs> no, right when it's happening. But I love it. I, and, and they're, you know, it's not PG. So it, it, it is just fun to watch that kind of commentary. He'll scream out, what the, <laughs> yeah. you know, all the time. Or JC, he yells that out. Yeah, a he lot does. Too. He does. <laughs> so so there, there's um some really cool stuff. There's a chop exchange. Oh, yeah, this one was cool. So Marty ducks and Pentagon hits his hand against the ring post, which kind of like affected the whole match and the flow of the match and everything. 
then uh, the rope snaps during the match as well. Right. The Pentagon do, goes to do a springboard and, and the rope snaps, which is the second time we've seen kind of a ring malfunction in PWG. Remember, we saw that in a Keith Lee match. Yeah, we did. And, and apparently I, I heard some commentary or I read an article after seeing that match and they said, I think Meltzer wrote it, that they were trying to fix that ring for like the whole match underneath, underneath the, ring, the ring while the, match, while was the match was going on. How scary would that be with these two giants wrestling on top of you? But in this case, they waited till the match was over. And yeah. Then, and then, then it still the seemed rope. wobbly yep. though for the rest of the whole night, in yep. my opinion. Another great part of the match, Marty breaks Pentagon's fingers doing the whole finger snap thing, but Pentagon then pops them back into place and still does zero miero and um then he goes for the package pile driver marty wiggles out though and cinches in the chicken wing and that's how the match ends i thought that was a really cool sequence really cool that the finger snap did not really work effectively on pentagon uh the next match was jeff cobb versus ricochet two of my personal favorites uh but you noted how different jeff cobb looked in, in this to me he looks so much skinnier. I mean, because we've been watching the G1, and to me, I've been almost taken aback at how slow Cobb seems recently. Which I disagree. I don't know. I feel like it's changed from these PWG matches of old. Now, that I agree with. (laughs) He was way quicker, and he looked a little more lean to where he could move quicker. So to me, I was just like, wow, this is how different Cobb looked just a couple of years ago, three years ago? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Much smaller and more agile, in my opinion. But uh, still great athleticism, the same athleticism he has now. Shoulder charges, uh, ricochet, sends him flying across the ring. Again, reminiscent of Keith a Lee Keith Lee match. Yeah. Matt Riddle, yeah. This shoulder charge, that seems to happen a lot in PWG. Yeah. Uh, then he does the people's standing moonsault, <laughs> kind of like the people's elbow, but a moonsault. Ricochet's great. Uh like I said, Cobb seems to have more force, more stamina, more speed. Then, but also Ricochet has a lot of strength too. He does like a power bomb to Cobb at one point. And also, I wanted to note that they had this crazy headbutt exchange. It was like an Ishii match. <laughs> it was that crazy. Uh, Cobb basically did a massive flying headbutt in response to Ricochet's initial headbutt. And it was really a cool exchange in the center of the ring. And uh, Ricochet gets the win, and when Cobb uh, goes for the tour of the islands, and Ricochet turns it into a roll-up. Yeah, so kind of simple finish, but effective. Right. Uh, the next match was fantastic. Two, two of the best, two of my favorites, Phoenix and Osprey. God, both great high flyers, very quick guys. And, like, there's parts in this match I couldn't even write down what was happening, and I wrote down a lot of what Chuck E. Chi was saying. There's a fast sequence to begin the match. Great quickness from both. Phoenix with a massive missile drop kick. Chuck E. T's goes, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> then Chuck E. T's just making all these weird noises, like, wow, whoa! <laughs> there's a corkscrew flip off of the bottom rope to the outside by Phoenix. Just amazing athleticism. Then there's an insane sequence, and I literally wrote down, I can't even describe this and Chucky e. T says it was like seven different moves at once yeah I mean in the span of like 15 seconds there were like seven moves it was insane this is a great whole uh, thing right here one man Spanish fly off the top they both land on their feet though and Chucky e. T says what the like I said earlier <laughs> he that, actually said it yeah because that was insane you I've never seen that where both guys land on their feet on a Spanish fly off the top rope 
But in the end, it was Osprey who won with an Oz Cutter, his old finisher, because, you know, back then he didn't use the Stormbreaker. So, won with a simple Oz Cutter to Phoenix, and it was a great match. And I'm really selling it short because there were so many moves I, I can't even name. It was, The sequences were too fast. And then the final match that we watched in that was as Zack Sabre Jr. prior to all the Prime Minister troubles. Uh, <laughs> kind of a more subtle character. <laughs> yeah, b- back before they had a different Prime Minister in England so he could concentrate on his match against Tommy End, uh, also known as Alistair Black. Uh, again, Alistair or Tommy, fantastic, but ZSJ was awesome. They were both really good, and what surprised me was how much emphasis commentary was placing on Tommy End and his kicking and his effective, you know, kicks and strikes. And, you know, they still emphasize that now in commentary, but what I find interesting is that I've heard on Killing the Town, Paul Lazenby kind of criticize Tommy End slash Alistair Black, saying, like, he, he shows no real knowledge right. of kickboxing right even though they claim that he is a former kickboxer but in, in this match on commentary they're saying that he's a kickboxer right. they're saying how he trained and he really does seem to have really effective kicks to me the kicks seem even more powerful in this match than they do now in nxt so maybe he doesn't have the true technique of a kickboxer or whatever and maybe that part is maybe a little hazy but there's no doubt that he is awesome with his feet and he does it now in nxt and he did you know three years ago in PWG. To me, it seemed really sharp in this match. Like, there there could be no question that he was really good at kicking sequences. So again, there's trading of kicks going back and forth between ZSJ and Aleister Black, a.k.a. Tommy End. Uh, it's funny, not only did Cobb look different back in 2016, so did ZSJ. He looked a little more muscular. Yeah. Uh, now he's very, very skinny, but here he had a little bit of muscle. And... There was a great moonsault off of the top to the outside by Tommy End. There was a great couple times where he did double stomps. ZSJ actually asked him for more kicks. We kind of see a little hint of, you know, the smarmy ZSJ that we get now. Yeah, the defiant. Yeah, almost like the cocky ZSJ. (laughs) Like, come on, kick me. I can take it. I liked that a lot. Very good character work. There Again, another great strike and kick exchange by both of them. Uh, ZSJ doing more of the striking. Alistair doing more of the kicking, of course. Then, in the end... Alistair goes for Black Mass. It wasn't called that back then, but he missed. And then he also missed a double stomp. So ZSJ actually submitted him in the end. So again, what we tell you all along is PWG is such a great vehicle to watch some matches that, you know, are dream matches you think now, but have already happened. And it gives you, you know, the background of somebody like Alistair Black, that he was great before he even came to NXT and now WWE. He did it in PWG, and so did Zack Sabre, so did Ricochet. Matt Riddle. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, check out PWG, uh, Battle of Los Angeles coming up, and then their 16th anniversary show uh, is coming out on DVD. Yeah, check out both of those things. Yeah, I always buy the Blu-ray, even though I think the difference is minimal. I don't think there's really much of a difference at all. They get a few extra bucks, and I'd love to support them, because how many DVDs do you think they still sell? Do you think they still do well? DVDs are going down with people. Yeah, but if there's nowhere else to watch it, because there is the online site, but those are so old. Yeah, Yeah, like to get the new one, you have to get the DVD, and I think that's smart by them. Mm -hmm. Kind of still drive the DVDs, because it's more money for them than people buying the streaming on the High Spots Network. So So. yeah, definitely check it out, Uh, and check out what we do next week. 
on this show. Uh, It'll be it, our 50th episode 50th next 50th episode on Wrestling Inc. We, we've done more than 50, technically, like you said, uh, before Wrestling Inc. We did a couple, and like, at least 20. And it doesn't include a special live podcast we've done. Right. But 50 actual scheduled Wrestling Inc. <laughs> Wrestling Inc. podcasts. Pretty, pretty good. So we decided we were going to rank our 50 favorite wrestlers. And I got to emphasize the word favorite. Doesn't mean they're the best. Doesn't mean they're the most talented, whatever. It is our 50 favorites. And we each made up a list to compile the names. And we had an overlap of what, 38 or so? 38 about, yeah. yeah. So we had to come up with, we had like a little draft of, people from each other's list on who would round out the, yeah, the so, 50. So some on this list I wouldn't have put on my personal and, top 50. And, and some on your list I wouldn't have. Exactly. So we came to a compromise and we've got 50 and we're going to tease it now. We're going to tell you the 50 wrestlers we picked, but we're going to start ranking them next week. Yeah, and what we're going to do is we're just going to take the first 25 on this list. Random names. Next week, and we'll say where we ranked Suzuki. And, I, you know. Yeah. And... We're going to be pretty close, but we may not have the exact same thing. And then there's going to be some where you may have somebody in the top 15, and I've got them at like 48. <laughs> I know I've got somebody at 50 that's not, that's yeah. probably in your top 20. I, yep. I know that I yep. do. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So here it is, the 50 wrestlers that we've chosen as our favorite 50 male singles wrestlers. Yeah, we're not including tag team guys who are more known for being in tag teams. We almost included... Jay Briscoe, like, because he, he's yeah. wrestled And singles. he's won the title in Ring of Honor. And but then we're like, but he's so connected with his brother. That's right. why we didn't put him in there. So Young Buck's not in this. Uso's not Lucha in this. Lucha Brothers not Lucha in Brothers. this. LAX not in this. Right. You know, people like that. It's just 50 singles guys. And this list we're reading you now is in no particular order. We will rank them starting next week. Yes. And uh, when it's all said and done, we're gonna, we, we're going to want you to tell us your five favorite male singles wrestlers on Twitter and we'll read those some of those submissions in a couple weeks uh, what people submitted for their five favorite 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 not best, male singles fav- wrestling <laughs> not best not greatest they're just personal favorites it could be anybody right so uh, here's the list here's the list you want to just uh, alternate reading through these or how do you, you do the first 25 all right uh, so again this is not the ranking this is just the list of names Suzuki, Osprey, Okada, Omega, Zack Sabre Jr., Matt Riddle, Samoa Joe, Nick Aldis, Bandito, Jay White, MJF, Mike Bailey, Sammy Guevara, Juice, Yano, Archer, Taven, Christopher Daniels, Jay Lethal, Beer City Bruiser, Keith Lee, Ishii, Cesaro, AJ Styles, and Jericho. Then we go on more of the list. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Colt Cabana, Jimmy Havoc, Naito, Sammy Callahan, Pete Dunne, Marty Skrull, PCO, Joey Janela, Cody, Ricochet, Rollins, Gargano, Champa, Andrade, Black, Orton, Brian Cage, Willie Mack, Kenny King, Brody King, Jeff Cobb, John Moxley, and Kota Ibushi. So I can already hear some of you saying, well, you got PCO and Brody King on there. But I, I, I think even though they are a tag team, I also think of them as singles wrestlers. 
Uh, I, I think of them more as singles because they haven't been a tag team that long. Especially Brody King because of what we've seen him do in PWG. Exactly. We saw him as a singles guy first. Right, you know? right. So that, I know, I knew when we did that list that that, that would be, well, I thought you guys weren't doing tag team. They so, weren't. They haven't been for very long, whereas the Briscoes have been a tag team forever. Right. You know, 11 title rings? Right. Come on. And the Bucks have always been a tag team. So I'm sure there are some that you can't believe aren't on our list. These are the people that just barely missed out being on our list a couple of these were literally down to a little deliberation yeah like shane taylor i would have put him on my personal list joy ryan i like him a lot more than you tanahashi is great but he's not really in our 50 favorite again emphasizing favorite liger just missed the list because he's kind of near the end of his career i do think he's an all-time great if this was my all-time favorite or greatest list he would definitely be on the list but as of my top current 50 he's you know he's about to not be wrestling currently so he's he didn't make the list dragon Co- lee go Co- ahead yeah a couple guys i had on my list initially uh that we kind of paired off uh dragon lee roosh uh you had dalton castle i had michael elgin uh i had sonata and i had brian malonis yeah so those are some of the ones that are honorable mentions that if the list was 60 then they, they would have made, made it, it. but because yep, that's 10 right there that would have the, been an extra 10 but then there would have been five other honorable mentions yeah. we, could, we could that's like the ncaa tournament you can keep expanding like, the field but there's always going to be somebody that's mad that they're not in there like again like you know you couldn't put the lucha brothers on there or they would have been on there as singles guys because they have wrestled single but again they've been known as a tag team very for a very long time at this point now and i think we're gonna do somewhere down the road we probably will do our our 20 favorite tag teams yeah and our favorite 20 female singles wrestlers so yep yeah, this is just the start of that, uh, but uh, should be fun discussion next week. And speaking of discussion, uh, you put out on Twitter uh, a, a poll: who has had the best matches in the G1 so far? There have been so many great matches. If your choice isn't listed, like Okada, then comment uh, uh, below after uh, marking other. And the, the choices you gave were Ishi, Osprey, and Moxley. And other, Osprey won just barely with 35% of the vote, Moxley with 32, Ishii with 28, and 5% other. How did Ishii come in third? He's my top guy. How did he come in third? Well, and look, again, we said it earlier in the show, Lance Archer deserves a lot of praise for what he's done in this tournament. So uh, let's go through and listen. Uh, take a look at some of the uh, responses. Uh, at Sir, Sir Weaselton, I really hate saying it, but Tai Chi is actually bringing it every match, enjoying his matches. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, I thought that Tai Chi Jay White match, as I mentioned earlier in the show, was very entertaining. Uh, Our good friend John at Big Paws on a Pup said, hashtag Yanu forever. <laughs> yeah, you feel the way the same. He hates it. juice, though, so he would have never put juice. <laughs> at Zach She 130 he says Ishii, that dude is adapting to everyone he fights. He brings out the best in all of his opponents. You agree. I do agree 100%. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Uh, at Super Dave 39183 says Lance Hoyt, also known as Lance Archer. I definitely think that's very true. Every one of his matches has been really good. Lots of personality. Phil at Cronebone, Yanu, but seriously, probably Osprey. <laughs> <laughs> at B. I F for wrestling. I have enjoyed Sonata a lot more this year than in years past. Yeah. Uh, he has done well, he, but his point value doesn't show that though. No. 
Uh, Sam Brown says, he, and he's at at Sir underscore Samuel, I would say Okada ultimately. Then we've got at the Nature Boy 3. The whole G1 has been exciting. It's exactly what a fan like me wants to see. And I think we could all agree on that. Yeah, There's been sure. great matches all around. Uh, at Randy 00000001. I think I got all the zeros. I think. <laughs> Anyways, he says uh, Osprey has to be the best technical wrestler in the world in terms of all around ring style. From what I have seen, AJ held that crown for many years. But he's given the crown to Osprey. I think he deserves the crown. So there Iron- you go. Ironically, that he mentioned AJ because the next Twitter handle has AJ in yeah. the avatar. At Raven Phenomenal, Archer has absolutely blown me away so far. I am also surprised by Evil. He's been bringing it this year. Yeah, Evil's had a good tournament as well. Then we've got at Chase Oliver 68, Okada putting on some good matches, but it's not getting recognized too much. That's actually true. Not many people said Okada, only two. He's the second person to say Okada on this list of responses. Not many people shouting him out. Yeah, Okada trying to make history. Uh, I think they said it was 2000. I can't remember when they said the last time the uh, champion won the G1. So it's been a while, but he is in prime position right now. Uh, at Doctor of Wrestling says uh, Lance Archer has been phenomenal. And then finally at Brainbusta Radio, I second Archer and I never would have dreamt saying that. Also, Shingo has shown he's deserved of being in the heavyweight scene. Hopefully the IC title picture. Yeah, I, I look, I mean, all great answers. Uh, I think the people you put as MVPs were uh, great answers as well. But here's the thing about the G1. There's not really been many matches that didn't hold our interest. There's been a couple where you just kind of, especially after three or four days in a row of watching, you're kind of worn out from watching. But, I mean, the matches have been so good, whether it's Ishii, whether it's Archer, whether it's Okada, whether it's Osprey, or anybody else, Moxley, Naito. You know, I mean, it's so, so many good. great guys. I mean, you got the best of the best wrestlers in the biz. That's why I wish the point totals were closer together because I think it, on paper, it looked so even that it seems like it should just be a hodgepodge where everybody's really close going into these last three matches. I know. I do wish it was closer, but I think it will get closer and closer. I think they're going to make it more dramatic near the end. Gotta. At least on one of the sides. You can't have two runaways yeah, going I- into the final uh Two nights before the final. I agree with you 100%. And finally, I want to do my closing out the show. I want to end with something super positive. I kind of want to do this sporadically every now and then. I want to shout out my favorite tweet of the week. And this week, the tweet is by Caprice Coleman, someone we love from Ring mm-hmm. of Honor on commentary all the time. Uh, I was doing my edit reel the other day and came across a great interview I did with Caprice Coleman. He's so fun and funny full of life, and he's on Twitter at Caprice Coleman, and his tweet was, you've heard no so many times that when you hear a yes, you question it. Stop it. You deserve this. Walk in it. Yes. Hashtag Colemanism. <laughs> I just thought it was a super positive tweet, and that's my favorite tweet of the week. Seems like that should be from uh, the pulpit. Yeah, Coleman's <laughs> pulpit, which he used to do all the time back on Ring of Honor's YouTube and on their TV show. Haven't seen it in a while, though. No. He even interviewed himself. That was great. Which is my favorite. And you interviewed him. <laughs> I did. And we talked about him interviewing himself. We also talked about how I gave him a short interview. <laughs> and it was great. It was like I was on the pulpit. I love him so much. He is great. Um, and uh, you're great, Kels. 
Great job on the show this week. Really? Thanks. I made the outline. <laughs> I did a lot of work. Yes, you did. I did. Um, again, next week we will uh, have more G1 talk. We will reveal 25 of our 50 and where we ranked them. Uh, we're looking ahead to uh, SummerSlam's not far away either. Uh, so uh, it keeps on going. It does. And the G1 finals are just around the corner. Yeah. I can't wait. I think another Ring of Honor show is coming up here shortly. So plenty for us to talk about. And uh, again, like we said earlier, only four weeks out from All Out. Yeah. And we've got access to the Kenny Omega movie. So we should be watching that in a few weeks and giving our review and thoughts on it. Yep. So lots to come on Two-Face Wrestling Talk, but that's it for our show today. We do want to thank you for lending us your time. We know it's valuable and we appreciate it. But until next time, that's it for us. That's the finish. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.